terrorist. Welcome back to Nahar in America. We have an incredible show today and an incredible guest. This man has been a giant in Hollywood. In terms of his voice, there is none other. He's been a disc jockey at 11. He's worked at most every radio station you can imagine. He's done 1,100 commercials. The man was the voice for Craig Ferguson, and he has a new show called Metal Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, the iconic Shadow Stevens. Shadow, it is incredible to have you on the show because... I've known your work for so long. Uh, I've heard your voice forever. Um, and you are one of the geniuses of, of radio, uh, which you've done just even with your, your mental radio show. Uh, I heard it. It's incredible. I mean, I've never heard. It's, it's, it is an explosion of, of sound. We talk about this world of so many voices. You're able to bring us into that world. And you've done it so wonderfully. Um, but let's go into why you do it. What really makes you happy about doing what you do? Well, thank you for bringing it up. Uh, it is, uh, at this point in my career, I feel like I should always be talking down here. <laughs> and, and, you know, with maturity, like Orson Welles at a very old age. Yes, Veritas. You're speaking with Veritas. And yeah. you're speaking... Yeah. And with great conviction, always knowing the, the exact right thing to say at the right time. You are the voice that comforts America with that kind of voice. You, you, I, I feel good. I can sleep well at night. Your voice is there. I like that. Um, no, thank you for bringing it up. Uh, mental radio um, has been a passion of mine for a long time. It, it originally started as... It was going to be a, a talk show, and it was in syndication for a bit, and was on Sirius XM as an exploration of the inexplicable. And it was as if Monty Python um, looked into conspiracies, aliens, and everything unusual about life, including the mystics and the and the, and the mysterious things. And it was quite funny. And then it, um, I put it on the shelf. And got busy on a hundred other things. And then when the uh, pandemic started, yes, I wanted to do something that I could do entirely from my own studio. Mm. And my favorite thing is audio theater. And I've been doing it through all the different iterations of my career, going back to when I started K-Rock in the 70s and KMET, and I did shows on all of the stations I was on, and, and it was always what made me happiest. But what I really wanted to, to deal with was a way to ridicule phobias, to make fun of being afraid, to give us distance, um, Viktor Frankl said in, in his book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. A brilliant book. Yeah, it, it's, it's a truly profound book. Oh, yeah. And when you think of, that it was written by a guy who went through four camps mm -hmm. and survived, and his whole message about... Um, you know, he said, he said uh, a neurotic who learns to laugh at himself... Maybe the way to self-management, perhaps a cure, because 
there is the human capacity for self-detachment inherent in a sense of humor when we ridicule them by dealing with them in an ironical way the circle of phobia triggers the symptom and the symptom reinforces the phobia is stopped and that's what i set out to do you know in jingles happy jingles say don't forget the world is ending don't forget to be afraid don't forget to keep pretending you've got it made it's like we have to detach and give kind of you know um a visual to all the whimies and the what ifs and the yeah buts and the what abouts and here they come clickety clack because they're saying you're not good enough you're not strong enough world is ending anyway and look i say and it's like once once a dark thought gets in your mind it immediately reinforces itself by looking for what else is wrong and makes a list and makes it a you know a compelling argument for being afraid for giving up for being tired for knowing that nothing's going to work out anyway and all around us are scenarios of doomsday is it, i mean that's that's kind of how the republican party has kind of done it for the last so many years it's oh, it's true. fear it's it's looking yeah. at saying look this is what you need to fear you need to fear the mexican crossing the border cuz he may come over work in jobs that you won't take and sure. leave money mi- millions in social security that he can never collect and then return back to Mexico. Um, it's like, that's the thing that, that it, it's better. It feels better to be angry mm-hmm. than to be afraid. Yeah. So they can nurture that and then go, okay, yeah. Now if, if I've got something to fixate on and if I can blame something or someone, mm-hmm. now I can turn that anger on them and I feel better about myself and I can gather together with other people who are angry and I have a character in Mental Radio, they are characters, it's the Wymies. Mm-hmm. And the Wymies yeah. attack, and they're zombies with guns who run. And mm. they come screaming, why me, why me? They're, they're victims who look for what's wrong and make a list. You know, they're out of control, they're angry, and they're ready to kill because you're to blame. Yeah, I, th- I think they need to find that blame. That, that's, yeah. so- and then you have anything you want to be afraid of after that. Yeah. If I can accept that, then I can accept all of the the most radical, insane um, theories of, you know, um, uh, drinking the blood of children to um, remain young. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. And and that's one of the other things I, I, um, with mental radio, I set out to, I set out to create subversive optimism, Mm -hmm. optimism, as humor and and one of the things was it's all based on partial truth some of it's true and some of it is completely fabricated information told with great sincerity and absolute conviction but it's in service of a greater good and the greater good is how do we find ways to be optimistic how do we find ways to feel positive in the face of all evidence to the contrary. That's another Viktor Frankl. Tragic optimism. A guy who's in a in a in a camp comes up with the idea that what matters is to make the best of any situation and the human ability to turn suffering into human achievement and accomplishment. This is deeply profound stuff, and it's a mindset that we have to get into. What can give us the strength from within? that takes us 
past the doom and gloom and the and the the sewer of of dark thinking. At the darkest moments we're in, if you take a minute and look at it, you may end up laughing. You well, may. there are hilarious things. I mean, even yeah. in the at the height of the most insane over the last four years, it's some of the funniest comedy ever because you can't believe it. It's like a Stanley Kubrick movie uh, that's really the funniest thing you've ever seen in your yeah. life and horrifyingly awful. Yes, and that's what your optimism is, and that's what actually I really love about you and what you're doing is you have an optimism about life. You, you've you been in this business, and I, I mentioned to someone, uh, Bruce Kalish, he's a great writer, and I said, hey, I'm going to go see Shadow Stevens today. And he goes, wow, he's been around forever. And then Bruce has been around forever. And I said, you know something? I want to ask him, how can you be around forever? What is that secret where you look at yourself? And I, and I think I'm going to answer a little bit for you, but I'd have to say that optimism. And I, I know you have it. The optimism of going, what's next? What's next? No question. It, it is. It, I nurture it, refine it, polish it, and work at it every day. And I do like little things like, how are you doing? Excellent and getting better with every breath. Mm-hmm. Oh, feel that? <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that felt great. And every time I'm doing that, I'm, I'm reaffirming it. I'm making a joke. Maybe somebody laughs and... And I remind myself that uh, that's that thing about. You're listening to the Nahara in America podcast. The podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcasts or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. that we don't need to find equilibrium. We're at our best when we're struggling and striving toward a freely chosen goal. And we have to find that goal and that dream and that thing to keep working for. When we stop dreaming and we and we stop trying and we stop using our minds, we start to decay and we start to have doubt. And when doubt sets in, it's it's there's almost no way out. There's the thing, we, we've all gone through the COVID and this pandemic and, you know, it's still, it's still around. It's not, and I have to tell you, the coronavirus is one of those most viruses that mutates, and everyone says it's really hard to destroy or really eradicate. But isolation. So many people do not. We're social beings. We're social animals. We do not do well in isolation. And I think what you're doing of of your mental radio, you're actually reaching out, and and you are what that is the theater of the mind. You know, you are talking to another person and bringing them on this journey. You you mentioned Orson Welles and you've mentioned different people. Who was your favorite in terms of radio theater of the mind? Oh, let me think. Stan Freeberg, probably at the beginning, my, mm-hmm. my original favorite. He um, he did the the, the the strangest, clever, and the, they were parody, and, and it was really well done and always beautifully voiced and and that was like way at the beginning, you know, when I was really, when I was a child, we didn't have television when I was very young. And so I, uh, you know, listened to suspense and, yeah. you know, the, the radio theater and uh, of course the shadow and, and, um, yeah, the shadow knows it was the shadow, the, Orson Welles, yeah. you know, the original shadow. I mean, how great is that? And mm-hmm. and the writing is so clever and it takes you into um, a 
a world that you can't really produce even in IMAX. It, there's yeah. something that happens when you see it all happening. And what I've tried to do with mental radio is bring it into the 21st century. So it's all immersive. <laughs> if you listen with earphones, things come from behind you. They move from left to right. The characters move. They're w moving through space. And sometimes it's off on the left and off on the right. And in the middle are, are, is this sound design that creates an atmosphere and a place that you can see. And they climb the steps and you can see them climbing the steps. And 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 it goes real fast, so it doesn't get boring. It isn't like you can listen to metal radio and you know do a bunch of other stuff. Well, you know that's that's also what's great about it because you're a great showman for for because you know you can, you got to be a little bit ahead of your audience. And when you you hear mental radio, you have to keep up. You have to keep up, which I love because I, I look at that and say that's a uh, the writing is sure. It's 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 confident. It's saying, keep up with me, keep up with me. It's all right. And, I, and I, as an audience, I love that. Once I know it's there and I, I have to keep up and have to be engaged, I love it. That's what I loved about mental radio. It does that. And, uh, and the, the amount of voice talent you have, that, that to me is amazing. I mean, you, had, you mentioned you had Phil Henry on your show. And, yeah, well, I, I, I idolized Phil Henry. We talked about that a little bit when we were speaking on the phone. But <clears throat> here's, here's a guy that for years was a talk radio host. And you would have guests on that were really unusual and had really crazy ideas. And then he would have callers who would hate him. And he would have other callers who would defend them. And then I find out that it's all him. Yeah. He's the host. He's the guest. He is the caller hating them. He's the caller backing up. There's another caller. And he's doing it all live. And he's doing it. He's improvising it. There isn't a script. Mm -hmm. And I watched this thing on video when I finally saw a video, and it was mind-boggling. Yeah. Besides having one of the great voices in history. He is, I mean, what's, it's like I, I saw um, a Seth MacFarlane and Family Guy doing voices. It's the same way. It's this odd, odd technique where he's doing, he's doing uh, all the voices, and you're, he's just going through each character. Bam, bam, bam. They're talking and to they each other. They interrupt each other in the middle of thoughts. Yeah. It's it's schizophrenic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's the guys. I mean, you think of, of you know Jonathan Winters and people like that, and you know Second City and all these comedians back from that day that they had a million voices. They they were they would they. It's also as comics we we do a thing called act out on stage where you'll 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 act out what the character's saying. They take it to another level where you actually believe the character is there and doing. It. And that's also great about you know theater of the mind. Is you were lying on sometimes my father used to come home and he'd see movies and, and we were we were not very wealthy back in the day so he, he would go to see the movie <laughs> he would come back and uh, he would describe the movie to me and I would he see the movie in my my head and I would love I would say this is the greatest movie I've ever seen in my brain and I would actually go see the movie later on and it was never as good as what he's told me I, I think when it's like good poetry you you put the uh, words down and the audience reinterprets it and just brings it to another level and that's what you're doing that's what I love. We try to do you know um, I've I've been writing everything almost from the beginning I started it all on my own and then I attracted these people who say I love this how can I contribute mm -hmm. and I met this guy named Joshua Weinstein who's a um, a um, scriptwriter yeah and. He uh, worked as a journalist for 20 years, so he's really focused. Mm -hmm. and, and 
he's, and I taught him to write for audio. And when he got it, it was jaw dropping. So we write everything together and, and it's all that play of the words and how it feels in the mouth. You know, I, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we have this thing where we wrestle these ideas. Sometimes it takes an hour to come up with a term like pep fortified optimism. Mm-hmm. It's like from a cereal from the 1930s. Yeah. It's chock full of pep fortified optimism. Mm-hmm. And um, we have this character in the latest episode named Chitwell, the magician. Description mm-hmm. is... He appeared out of nowhere. The stage groaned under his weight, sweaty and spilling out of a shiny tuxedo that should have been retired when it was only old. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was hearing all that in in those in in mental radio, and that's what I love. It's like it's a style of writing that isn't uh, that we've heard in a while because it is that it is that forties kind of of. You know, almost film noir, where you're like, you know, she had, yeah, exactly, and that's what I loved about it. It's like, you know, um, ah, she had glams. She was a, she was a kind of woman that break your heart and leave you for broken. Still, you'd love her. I mean, is that kind of thing? It was like, it was like, it, it was all that voices, and I loved that stuff because you know, I used to. One of the characters I did was uh, back in the day was. Uh, Samuel Espada, PPI, Private Pachuco Investigator. And he was this kind of, you know, Edward James almost kind of guy, always oh, looking. So and, you know, and he would, uh, he falls in love with a blonde woman. So, why, why, with your blondness, why you control me so? And it's like, you know, and they're fun characters to play because it's a heightened oh, emotion. Doing that. that's, a, that's a terrific character. I love that. Yeah, it's it's, but I love those you know those those forties um, you know crime things. It was like a, you know that whole film noir of you know sure we had Paris one day you know we'll always have Paris. You if you don't get on that plane you're gonna regret it. Not now maybe later but you'll regret it eventually. You know they were talking so clever and fast and ahead mm-hmm. of us that we when we got in that movie theater or wherever you saw it had to be engaged had to follow. It was intelligence. Yeah, and and wordplay and fun, you know, things that you just don't hear all the time and that that have... uh, Everything about mental radio is an allegory Mm -hmm. because really what it is, is my character is the voice of reason. Yeah. Could be your conscience or whatever, but we find ourselves in a former Masonic temple somewhere in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And it's a worldwide organization dedicated to uplifting mankind all connected and has been for more than a hundred years and people don't know about it, but the time has come. So in this temple, which is the mind, there are theaters and labs and research centers and correspondence centers and the way back room. There's all of this stuff where things happen and stories happen with superheroes and, and, and great adventures that, change the way we think or so we try to to make it mm-hmm. so that it's an action story and it has full of surprise and it's full of comedy one of the things we did and you were mentioning that is a couple of episodes ago the the premise is perhaps the reason we can't all get along today is because our minds are stuck in a 1940s bullpen of a newspaper you're listening to the nahara in america podcast The podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcasts or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And just like his girl Friday, they're talking 100 miles an hour. The phones are ringing. There's clattering and people talking. They're arguing and, they're, and the typewriters are tapping. And so we do a whole His Girl Friday kind of thing with those kind of characters like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, Sam, you know, all that, that quick glib kind of talk yeah. and using all that terminology from that era. And they're, they're all talking about what the guy's going to say. What's he going to say when the showdown happens? Mm-hmm. No, 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 don't say that. So people are trying to hold him back. It, it's, it's quite funny. No, oh, yeah, because it's like you got characters, and that's a bunch of my likey. I tell you, my likey. You know, yeah. it's, it's these are voices and characters you don't see too often, and that's the beauty. We do know it. I mean, one of my favorite films, I hate to say, is uh, I don't know, I hate to say it, but it's Broadway. Danny Rose. It was a, a you know, you, you, you. If you capture the voices of people, and if it's if when it's specific, it becomes universal. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I find because it's veritas, it's truth, and and truth always audiences are great at smelling truth, and they know it, and and with you, you have that. You're you're able to bring these characters alive in such a way that it's seamless. You know that's the thing. It's a seamless. You're you're if you want to ever satire anything, you must first do what they're you're satiring. You know if you're gonna if you're gonna talk if you're gonna satire Canadian Rocky movies. You know, those the f- musicals that used to happen back in the day. And if you're going to do Little Mary and Miss Sunshine, you have to know how to do it. Then you can, you know, just like, uh, um, you know, Springtime for Hitler. He, he, you know, Mel Brooks is satirizing a musical, but he has to still be a musical. You still have to do the musical right. And that's what you do. You do your uh, world so right that now you can take it the next step which is commenting on it satirizing it doing different things and speaking to this new audience that that has maybe never heard that world yeah we've got to have that authentic kind of base yeah how do people talk what are the voices like what's the environment like and and then what can you do with it now that you see it in your head like you're watching an old movie yeah and i i saw you in in an interview talking with your family and you have a beautiful family a uh, beautiful okay. wife and family, and and you know, actress uh, daughter and your other daughters, in, in um, makeup, I believe. And um, but, how does your family feel? I mean, that's the other thing. Is I'm talking also as a father and a, and a comedian, and being in the industry. How does your family react to you? <laughs> I gotta well, ask that. I've been through so many iterations. It's like your career, you know. Yeah. Like I look at all the things that you've done whether it's um, in living color or mad TV or writing hundreds of episodes or, or speaking or and a lot of the people that you know, like Danny Trejo that are friends of mine. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm thinking, God, Dan, how does he do all of that? And then I think back to myself, well, I did, you know, this and then oh, that and, you and know. I had, to, and I had to reinvent and I go, oh, what else can I do? And then oh. I learned that. And then that turned out well, and then it hit a wall and I had to change again. And, that hit a wall, and I had to change again. And it's like reinvention, reinvention. Yes, that's the brilliance of you. I, I have to, because I recognize it, is is really when Darwin said it's not the strongest animal to survive, it's the one that adapts. You adapt. And that's what I think you do brilliantly. I really do. And I, 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 I'm the same way. As a writer, uh, if I sat there and said, I did 110 episodes of a telenovela for, in English for Televisa, and I did 42 episodes of this, and 30 you go, oh my God, that's a lot of work. I'm tired. But yeah, when, for, for yeah. another in the works or something, you have something else you're working on? Well, I mean, right now, it's like I sat there and looked at the pandemic. I literally got my uh, BA 
during the pandemic. I went back to school, got my BA at Cal Lutheran in communication. <laughs> wrote a book with Sanjeev Chopra, uh, Deepak Chopra's brother. Mm-hmm. And um, now finishing my master's, because now I'm finishing a master's, raising three kids. Still, mm-hmm. I did, you know, a lifetime, two lifetime films. And I did a film in Mexico. All that during the pandemic, you know. And and you're, and you're I, I kind of looked at, too, going, because it's ex- we and you and me, and I know this about you, we expect it of ourselves. I don't gamble. I don't, I, I see people enjoying all these things. I go, why am why am I not like that? <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's what I'm wondering is is your family? I mean, you had wonderful parties for your family. Your daughter said that how you guys had you'd make every event incredible, Halloween or or all these things. But as a dad, as a father, how do you how you know how do you, it's so hard to do both? And I don't know how you and how how do you do it? Um, work into the night, um, you know. Yeah, keep. I studied uh, martial arts for 20 years and 15 of them were with Benny the Jet, you know, Benny Arquitas, yeah. the undefeated world champion kickboxer in five weight divisions. One of the most amazing people I've ever known. And he said, when you get in the ring, because we'd go in and we'd spar, he goes, when you get in the ring, Bob and we keep moving. Mm-hmm. If you get hit, don't take it personal. Keep your sense of humor. Bob and Weave, keep moving. If you get hit, don't take it personal. Keep your sense of humor. He said that to me a thousand times. And he said, you know, it applies in the ring and it applies in life. And I've kept that in my mind. It's like, yep, I got hit. But it's not personal. It's like meant to make me grow. I got to do something else. I got to move over here. I got to try this. I got to try that. That is that is beautiful. That's that is such a great explanation. My father gave me one. He, you know, there's certain things you'll hear and you'll remember. My father was a door-to-door salesman. He says, you know, Rick, every time I knock on a door, they say no. Then I knock on another door, they say no. But around the hundredth door, they finally say yes. You got to knock on a lot of doors, Rick, before you finally hear that one yes. And being in the entertainment industry and what what we do, you need to have such a thick skin and you need to be so optimistic. Uh, you know, uh, I think Jamie Lee Curtis, I think, recently said that it was hard seeing her parents get older, you know, because they once were so famous and then they're losing the fame, but they still have the fame, but they're not getting the jobs. They're just yeah. not getting the jobs. And that's hard. How do you how do you guard yourself confidence wise, you know, ego wise to protect yourself in this business? It's mindset. Mindset. You, know, you could listen to that voice saying, you know, your best years are behind you. So sit mm-hmm. alone in your room. Watch little TV and wait for impending doom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's let's sing a happy song. Don't you know? You got to keep your sense of humor when it is hitting the fan. You got to keep your sense of humor. You got to believe you can. Mindset. You're absolutely right because I, I always think of Life of Brian. You see, you know, um, I, I don't know if you saw the movie Life of Brian. Oh but, yeah. But you know. Uh, it's a, a man who's mistaken for Jesus Christ. Uh, he's mm. on the cross, and it's like, look on the bright side of life. And I think that it's the answer, is no matter what position you are, look at life and be thinking the optimistic side. Because you know something? Even if we do die, maybe there's another life. Maybe that's just the beginning of another cycle of our spirit and our energy and who we are. Um I just have to tell you, it's, it's so great to have you on the show. Uh, where can people hear Mental Radio? 
Metal Radio is on every every place there are podcasts. Um, you can go to mentalradio.net and everything is there. The easiest one is to get the free app. You just go to any app store and look up Mental Radio as one word and it, everything will come up. And you don't have to pay for it. There's no subscriptions. You don't have to do anything but just listen. And we strongly suggest for the most... Uh, impactful experience that you listen with earphones and the better the earphone, the better, because it's the attention to detail and the sound design. I mean, each piece, it isn't just a half hour interview. It, it, each of these things is worked out over weeks and weeks of writing and then rewriting and, and the, you know, performances and then sound design and then mixing and all of this stuff that goes into it. It's, it's not a simple process. So I, really appreciate you taking the time to talk about it and help get the word out because it, it's growing and all i have astonishing reviews no they, it's it's, it's an astonishing show i mean I, you've had phil henry on your show you've had some people i listen if you ever need my voice trust me it would be an honor to ever work on that show because uh, i i heard it and i was so blown away and i was so surprised just at the professionalism and the quality and what you're saying and you and it's great comedy because you have to you got to listen it's smart it's really smart so shadow thank you for coming on the show of Nahara in America thank you Love it. and we will be talking to you again soon thank you shadow for for joining Nahara in America shadow stevens everybody shadow stevens thank you you're listening to the Nahara in America podcast the podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcasts or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Join us next week for more on Aaron America.